Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell here with you to break down everything that's happening around Auburn athletics. Apologize that we didn't have an episode last week, and sometimes that's just how life goes. You know what I mean? But we're back, and we're going to catch you up on what's been going on. Obviously, kind of the slow time of year, so not as much to uh, break down, but there's a lot happening in the grand scheme of college football and uh, the culture around it, the business around it. So we're going to talk about some of those different topics and just catch up a little bit because that's what we like to do most of the time. Jason's getting ready to go on a little family vacay. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you took some time to do this before you're chilling on a beach. Well, anytime, Taylor, I can come on here and present my presence. Um, you know, <laughs> we are going to get into some big news that's been happening in regards to college athletics, obviously still ongoing, but some updates as of yesterday. So we're going to do our best to get you caught up on it. But before we do, got to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. All right. Let's go ahead and start with the big news. And for a lot of you that don't really have a clue what's happening and uh, legal terminology, you aren't fluent in it, I'm right there with you. But I pulled some quotes from articles, so hopefully we can get the gist of what is going on. So as of yesterday, the Supreme Court of the United States unanimously affirmed nine to zero affirmed a ruling Monday that provides for an incremental increase in how college athletes can be compensated and also opens the door for future legal challenges that could deal a much more significant blow to the NCAA's current business model. So the court gave a unanimous win to Division I college athletes in their fight against the NCAA over caps it sought to impose on compensation related to education. So the ruling marks the first time in more than 30 years that the Supreme Court has weighed in on the governance of college sports. It's really kind of been separated a good deal, and the NCAA has really been able to call the shots in whatever way they wanted. Uh, but they're proposing rules that would provide athletes with varying degrees of new protections and opportunities to make money by selling their name, image, and likeness rights while playing in college. Under the current NCAA rules, College athletes cannot be paid, and what schools offer is the scholarship money that is required to attend the school. The NCAA has argued that its rules preserve amateur status. So that's kind of what has uh, – that is the tip of the iceberg, people. There has been a lot, you know, heading to this kind of head, um, and there's a lot more to come. This doesn't really – do a whole lot with 
name, image, and likeness, just to clarify, like that's still being discussed. This particular ruling wasn't necessarily uh, in specification with that. That is still, I think that that one is going to have a lot more kind of hoops to jump through and a lot more loopholes because it's not as cut and dry. This is more so dealing with quote, education-related expenses and limiting the NCAA's ability to kind of cap it in the way they have. And in the broader scale, this is, you know, a step in the athlete's direction to increase potential for compensation that obviously they have been um, more vocal and more active in pursuing in, you know, recent years. So, what was your initial thought when you saw this ruling, the unanimous ruling at that, and uh, and the step that it, it takes in that direction? Well, I, I say this. Uh, you know, the NCAA has been very hypocritical anyways over the years because of the simple right. fact that, uh, you know, these college kids who come on campus, you're playing ball, but we're limited in certain classes that we can take. And I'm not sure a lot of people know that, Taylor. Um, there are certain guys that want to go into, like, certain degrees and, right. and and everything, but they can't because the classes interfere. They say with the schedule. classes interfere with the schedule of our football practices and, and the schedule of uh, us preparing for games and everything. So it limits you to, to what you can do and can't do. But, you know, and, and also you can't, you can't even go out to eat somewhere and someone can't even buy you a hamburger. Are you kidding me? Like, right. Like what are we doing? But, regular student you can get a hamburger somebody can buy you a hamburger and there's no violation but if you as a player you cannot have anyone buy you a hamburger they can't buy you can't even bring you a bottle of water like it's a shame and so i think the ncaa is on its way out uh Mm -hmm. i I do think so when you start to think about all the things that are starting to trend now with the lightness and everything because think about it coaches have been making money off players backs for years and Mm -hmm. And yes, people say, yes, you go to college, you get an education paid for. Yes, that is huge. It is huge. But at the same time, though, you're getting your body beat up that you're going to pay, pay vitally for when you're done playing. And a lot of guys don't make it to the pros. Not everybody make it to the NFL. You may have five guys on your roster that have an opportunity to play in the NFL on a, on a single year. And over a four-year time period, you may only see eight to ten that may last in the NFL for more than three years. So a lot of these guys enter the workforce very quickly. And and, and you're still young. They're 23 years of age, some 22, depending on when you come out of college. But at the same time, when you win, your head coach just gets a big raise. He gets a five-year, $50 million, five-year, $60 million contract. And guess what? It's all guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And what do the players get that didn't make it to the NFL? Guys that made it to the NFL, thank God we're fortunate, you know. But what about the guys that didn't make it to the NFL? Yes, everybody said, well, you got your degree. Well, a lot of guys still have to go back and finish their degree because, one, maybe they wasn't able to finish it in four years because of scheduling conflict, and they had to go back to the campus and, and finish it for another year. And that opportunity is still there, which is great. But I know so many people that has college degrees – and don't even and don't even have a job, and because it's so competitive out here, and everyone say, "Oh, you got a college degree, you're gonna get a job." No, not necessarily true. Like the world is very competitive. What do you have? To, you got to have more than just a college degree nowadays just to get a job. Like you got to have a a master's or a PhD or another thing. You have to keep growing in your education 
in order to get a really, really good job. And how long does it take before you actually make these type of really good jobs? Like it takes a while. You have to build yourself up. So college coaches have been making a lot of money and uh, for, for many, many years. And now players are getting the opportunity at that level where if they was to walk away from the game after their college, they have something to stand on. that They can say, OK, my body has done such and such and I took a beating because you not only go to school, you're up 430 in the morning going for workouts and preparing and, and getting and getting everything going and. And then you're putting your body on the line. You're out playing games on Saturday. You're getting hit. You're getting beat up. You're getting banged up and everything. And, you know, for a prime example, everyone remember the pray throw uh, kid that played for Alabama. It was years ago. And uh, you remember he was a really good receiver. And he's supposed to be going to the NFL draft. And he ended up having an injury that sidelined him for the rest of his life. He couldn't play football again. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, do you get any type of a kickback from an insurance standpoint of, of getting any money like paid for? Because now that was your career. Like it's part of your career and there's always going to be wins and losses taken from this issue. But at the same time though, like you have to give kids an opportunity. If you're going to make money off these kids back, get them an opportunity to receive something back. And that's, and that's just been my whole motto because jerseys sell out throughout the stadium. All the money goes to the university. And guess what? The kid gets none of it. So all the jerseys at 17 that they bought when I was playing, I didn't receive any of it. 24 Cadillac didn't receive any of it, you know, so, but the university made the money and guess what? Coach Tuberville off us going undefeated, got a huge contract. So he gets to go buy a nice boat, a nice house. And guess what? Yes. I was fortunate enough to make it to the NFL, Ronnie Cadillac, Carlos, Jay Ratliff. Yes. We was fortunate, but what about my other guys? What about the Rose Greens of the world? What about my Travis Williams of the world? What about, you know, the guys that play pivotal, great situations for us to have opportunity to win games. They was vital for us. They was important. They didn't have that same opportunity. So, right. you know, it, it's just good to happy to the fact that they're trying to make some changes. So I'm just going to play devil's advocate a little bit here, not because it's yeah. where I stand. If I'm being completely honest with you, I, I don't know if I've determined my stance on all of this. I think that there's there's got to be some middle ground and some happy medium for us to exist in here. Um, and I, I don't know when and where we'll find that. But I will present some arguments here because I think that there are some valid ones. And you know, I think the biggest one that comes to mind for me um, is the difference between NFL and college football is that NFL is a business. It is money driven. It is new number driven. And that is where the disconnect is in terms of fandom, sometimes team camaraderie, because it is about the check. And I'm fearful that college football would become that. We already have talked about the negative implications that we think the transfer portal is having on college football because they're not really committing for the love of the game, the love of their teammates, the love of the university. It's all about self. Okay, well, you give 18, 19-year-olds an amount of money that they're not mature enough to know what to do with. How is that not going to have the same negative implication? They're doing it for a number. Mm -hmm. And you're exactly right. Like that, you're right. It is going to be some some implications on this, and and one because a lot of these kids are not mature enough yet to understand 
you know, someone giving you that amount of money, what are you going to do with it? You know, you're already young kids on campus and, you know, your head is already big because everybody's already been telling you how great you are in high school, you know, and, and everything. So now you give a kid this kind of money. Yes. You know, but at the same time, though, like that's where the parents are really going to have to be stable in their kids lives. And this is where the college is really going to provide some source of um, advice, advice where they have advisors that sit down with these kids and teach them about how do you handle certain money? How do you handle, you know, certain incomes? How do you open up a bank account? How do you write a check? And so, you know, things that we think people should already know and the expectation that we think people should know that they don't know. And uh, you'd be surprised how many of them don't don't understand a lot of these things. Now, I, I agree with you where there has to be a medium ground. Like it can't be, you know, just all the way crazy because now what you're doing is you're basically uh, why we even have college football. We're in the NFL now uh, because mm-hmm. the aspect of when you watch a lot of these recruiting videos, I, I saw the one and I'm not going to name the coach, but I saw the one where they was riding up to his big lake house and then they showed all these big mansions out on the lake. You know, and just like, okay, the kid and now looking at that, like, oh, if I come to this university, oh, I have opportunity to make all kind of money. I can buy this about it. Like it's going outside of I understand what you're saying. It's going outside of uh, education and the football aspect. Now, I do think you can find a medium. I do think you can't just go all the way out and everything just be out of control. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think the transfer portal got a little bit out of control. Um and I think they should have found a happy medium somewhere there because it can't be zero to a hundred, but it has to be some middle ground that both parties can stand on and everything. And I think they're bringing back the NCAA um, college football game. And I do think that that's coming back. And the whole aspect of that was because the, you know, people was making so much money off the college football game. Whoever was producing the game was making multi, multi millions of billions and they mm-hmm. using the players' likeness and stuff and not getting anything. And the players not receiving anything. Where in the NFL, you're on Madden, every player gets a $10,000 check. Right. And so I do think in college, if you're going to have these kids on, if you're going to have these kids on the, uh, on the, um, on the cover of a college game, or you're going to have them participating in the game, I think, you know, it's okay to cut them a check or you're using their likeness to promote a video game that every kid is going to play that's, that's in college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely see that. And I think, you know, there's even been a unique um, evolution in terms of where these, you know, athletes could be profiting off their work, even in social media, you know, there's um, these, twin twin girls that play basketball at some smaller school I can't remember Mm -hmm. what school but they have become very famous on TikTok they have Mm -hmm. millions of followers on TikTok and if it weren't for that restriction they would be making ridiculous money off of their TikTok platform I don't think that they should be kept from that money because any other individual that randomly goes viral on social media you can now be literally that can be your job now you can be making six figures on Instagram ads and we are preventing these athletes who get the the notoriety from playing the sport but then they don't get the same you know, payoff that any individual could have. I don't agree with that. I I think that there, you know, should be allowances for them to be benefiting from the position that they are in as a college athlete. But 
I, I have hesitation in terms of, you know, just getting a check cut to them simply for being a college athlete for the reason that I discussed earlier about that becoming the motivation. And we no longer have the distinction of, you know, the game and the culture behind it between college football and NFL. They start to kind of become the same thing, which I don't think is good for anybody. And while I understand what you're putting, you know, your body through, you are still, you know, a student and it's not your job yet. And we all do, do things and put in work and time and energy and effort to try and get ourselves to a, a career goal. And no, I did not put my body or heck brain on the line in a physical <laughs> physical capacity in order to pursue my career. But do you know how much, how many hours and how much time and effort and energy I have put into work and made zero dollars, whether it was being an intern or just doing work for free to try and get myself to the career that I wanted for myself. That could be said of student athletes. Like, yes, you're putting in a lot of, of work and effort and time for someone else to make profit off of, but it's getting you to an ultimate goal. And whether that's the NFL where you are going to make a lot of money. And if it's not the NFL, being a college athlete does give you perks in terms of connections, Jay. Like if you, even if you don't pursue a career as an athlete, having, you know, been part of an Auburn football program, it helps you get a foot in the door. You know, that's true. Yeah, that's, 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 that's 100% true. That's why I like to have this conversation because I come from a player standpoint and then you get to come from a student that goes to college get their career and then how you pursue your career how you right. have to go through internships and different things so this is great for people to hear yeah and and like you say like for me when I talk to the guys and I go back to Auburn I always say guys you got four years that you're renting this seat I was just mm -hmm. like what do you make out of most of these four years determine what you do once you leave here I said, right. so, and it determines your legacy. I said, you can create one. I said, while you're here, or you can just come through here and just put your foot in the water and not really try to dive in and, and see what's really down up in there. I just mm -hmm. like, so come to this campus with a purpose. Don't just come to the campus just to say, I'm just an athlete. Like come to this campus to learn as well and to grow communicating from a communication skill standpoint. Because like you say, like you never know who you meet. You never know, yeah. you know, who you're like, I always say when someone come up and they talk to you, always make time for them because you never know. This could, could one day be someone that has an interest in you and coming to do something for their company or something. Or, but if right. you scale them off, then they don't want anything to do with you. And then word of mouth starts to get passed around. So I said, mm -hmm. always handle yourself in, in the right, in the right way and everything. And, uh, and so th this is a, a, a subject that I believe that is not going anywhere. I think yeah. it's going to be here at least for the first couple of years because no one's ever seen this before. Not at this yeah. level, not in college. You know, I've seen it in the pros. I've seen it in the locker rooms. I've seen how money has divided locker rooms. I've seen how jealousy and envy sets in. And, you mm know, -hmm. and, and these are grown men, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have to imagine what it's going to do between 18 and 22 year olds. And right. right now, kids are already choosing to go to the bigger conferences. Let's just say it because the bigger conferences are paying them more money that yep. they get on their allowance checks right now. So, yep. you know, the little schools are having to fight a little bit harder uh, to try to make up some of the money that they that they can try to get to to help they, they help the pay their allowance a little bit bigger so that they can try to draw some attention but 
trying to get in the SEC right now, if you can go there or go to the Big Ten of these conferences that can pay you more money monthly, where do you think these kids are going? Exactly. <laughs> They're going there. So, yep. you know, so we've already getting, we've already started across these barriers and everything. And um, I think what they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to take from under the table the money that a lot of these kids are getting coming out of schools, out of high school, that they're putting in duffel bags and they right. can't trace it. And I think that's what they're trying to prevent. But at the same time, like I always say it, stuff going to happen anyway, because you can't sit here and tell me that every college university in all the college football is not doing something. Of course. And, and that's the thing. And I'm just like, you can't tell me. I said, it's just a matter of who gets caught and who doesn't yes. and, um, and everything. So I think they're trying to eliminate that aspect. Well, I think they're just tired of trying to trace it. But at the same time, I, I think they need to try in their best to find a happy medium that will fit the programs of all universities. And it's not going to be equal. Let's face it. Like the SEC, they bring in a lot more money. Why? Because right. they have more TV games. They're bigger comforts. Like they, you know, it's just different. You know, mm-hmm. so you can't, you know, it's unfortunate for other smaller conferences, but that's just what it is. Like people watch you because what kind of performance you put on TV. So that's why the SEC is on TV so much. And that's why they get paid so much more money. So, you know, it's getting to the aspect of once they start to advance the playoff system, you know, like I said, they're not going to do the six that we talked about. So it's either before 12. So once they get to the 12, I do think it's going to help some of the younger conferences, some of the smaller conferences to get more attention that may bring a light, bring more TV to them that gives them opportunity to make more. So we'll see how that goes. Right. And hopefully that will combat the potential of losing recruits with things like this in mind. But, um, you know, I think that the leniency when it comes to education related expenses is probably where this is going to find its success in lieu of, you know, these arguments and and sides that we're presenting here, because I think that, you know, yes, what you go through as a student athlete is very different than, you know, just students that aren't having to devote their time. I mean, like, I get it. I know that football players are going, you think I wouldn't enjoy tailgating and going to a game and then like Friday night going out and like getting to be a normal college kid. Like you don't understand that I'm up at four in the morning. Like it looks, you know, glamorous, but there's a lot of, you know, tough time and and difficulty that goes into it. But the flip side of that is you are getting an education at a very, you know, well-respected university. And for a lot of these kids, they aren't going to leave with debt. And that is a huge blessing. I am so incredibly blessed that my parents were able to pay for my education and Mm -hmm. Everything that came along with it. I was in a sorority. I, you know, lived on campus, off campus. My parents were able to take care of, and I left with zero debt, and I did not have to take out any loans. And that is an unbelievable blessing. And so many of my friends that are still working to pay off their debt as 
you know, work hardworking individuals that are establishing their career and, and trying to, you know, build their own, own family, they're still paying for their college mm-hmm. education. And that is a deep hole for so many people that takes years to get out of. And so I think the grass is always greener, right? We all have that you know, tendency to kind of admire what you don't have. And I think that there is a need for, you know, college athletes to remain grounded in how much you are getting and receiving a free, not free, but, you know, receiving an education from a program like Auburn University and Jason, you know it's true. You really can't put a price on some of the experiences that you will have with you forever because you were an Auburn football player. Some of those road trips, some of those games, some of those experiences that you have gotten to have because you played football, like the money is is secondary to what that does for you as a person and building your character. And so I just think that there's a need for everyone to kind of understand each other's side in this and not be so quick to jump to, yes, these, these football players should receive the major compensation that their SEC university is receiving because of their hard work. Because really, you are receiving a hell of a lot. It may not be a check each month, but you are receiving a lot. And let's make small steps toward progress that really is deserved and earned and is not going to hinder college football. But everyone just kind of needs to have a better understanding of of what we all really do have and that there is room for what we could add. Yeah, like I said, because when it comes to college, you know, athletics and everything, like we do have to maintain like a certain GPA. Now, I do right. think that they may they may say, OK, happy medium may be also they may up your GPA average, which you That's have true. to have as a GPA average in order to, you know, remain on campus in order to remain a, a student athlete. So mm-hmm. there are going to be some challenges. And like you say, like when you receive more, you better be ready to expect more on the other side. So, you know, there will be some type of challenges and some type of things that's going to have to, where you have to meet certain criteria, criteria in order to, yeah. to, to stay afloat. So, you know, this it's great point. Like you said, the experiences is something that I always tell everybody. You can make more money, you can, but you never can relive those experiences. Exactly. And when it comes to playing college sports, especially at the level that I played it at, like, mm-hmm. you know, the travel, the fans walking out in front of 100,000 people in the stands, fans going crazy, you walking through Tiger Walk and you going through seeing like the practices and, and seeing campers come on campus on Monday and Tuesday and the games on Saturday. And, you know, you just and, and waking up at 530 in the morning to work out with a bunch of guys that's trying to achieve the same goal. And that was to go out and win on Saturdays and uh, and be able to hold up a trophy and hold up a championship and build those memories and everything that you go back from 10 years from then, 20 years from then, 30 years, 40, 50, where you had those reunions and you still talk about no one's talking about how much money they made. Everyone's talking about, man, do you remember that game that we played such and such and it was game was on the line and we was able to hit this pass and how it just prompted our season to the next level. Like those are things you talk about. Like when I'm around former players, we talk a whole whole lot about the memories and the, and most of my dreams, Taylor's crazy. Most of my dreams about my experiences, I played playing football and uh, good and bad. And, uh, and 
is because it's so it's so dramatic. Like people don't realize how intense it is. Like you know, you're in a world of reporters, and people don't realize they don't even get the experience what you experience. Like you get a chance to be around professional athletes, you get a chance to be around professional programs, you know, ownership. You get to go to major league baseball games. Some people never even step foot in a stadium of any professional sport. That's true. And you get the opportunity to do that. So you have seen bits and pieces of it as a reporter. Now imagine putting a uniform on and being in front of a hundred thousand people and you can see the hair stand up on your arms and how excited you get when you get ready to go cover a huge game. Now yeah. imagine being on the field and being part of that huge game. Like right. that's why I teach kids and I tell kids like, look, man, don't sell yourself short, go hard in high school on the field and off the field. I, I, uh-huh. I say, if you can do everything you do on the field, but if you're not taking care of your education and you're not surrounding yourself with the right type of people that's trying to see the same level that you're trying to go to, I said, you're hindering yourself because guess what? At the end of the day, if your GPA is not good enough in high school and you're not taking classes or doing what you're supposed to be doing or you're telling someone else to do your work for you, it's always going to come back and bite you in the butt. And then when you get ready to sign that major scholarship and you can't, you end up at going to junior college. And now you have to take the long road where you could have just set your butt at home, studied a little bit harder, got some help. And then all of a sudden you get into these big universities. Now you're one more step closer to your dream instead of having to go the JUCO route and then try to get back to your step, your dream. So right. take advantage of the opportunities that are there because nowadays there's more opportunities nowadays than there ever been. And you know, you can utilize social media, but utilize it in the right way. Don't put stupid stuff on there and crazy stuff on there. It's going to come back and get you because every college looks at that. Right. And every person that's going to invest in you from an owner that's that's a business owner or anything, they're going to check your background. So be so careful true. what you put out here on these social media aspects. Oh, yeah. It's basically your resume in some form. And it's it's certainly used as a recruiting tool. tool in athletics, in the workforce, all of it. It blows my mind that people still don't get that by now. But nonetheless, uh, this will continue to be a work in progress. We'll get closer and closer to, um, you know, the final decisions in regards to a lot of this. Again, I'm not arguing against it. I'm just simply presenting some of the facts, some of the reservations that exist with this. And Um, the conversations that I think a lot of people are having because they're, you know, you can look at this from a variety of vantage points, but honestly, I think they should. I think that in order to handle this the right way, you do have to view it from multiple perspectives. And and I'm glad that we were able to provide both, but you did mention, um, the expanded playoff and just a, a quick update on that. The CFB CFP Board of Managers met today, actually, uh, and reports are saying that the presidents are upbeat about the expanded playoff. uh, And the next step is a feasibility study. So obviously, a lot of the conversations, we kind of broke it down on the last episode. If you missed it, make sure you go listen to it. Um, A lot of conversations now need to be had about timing and schedule and television deals and, you know, really the logistics of it before we can all just say, yeah, go ahead, 12 teams, whatever. Um, And the next meeting for them will be September 28th, and that could be the potential final approval. So eyes are kind of looking toward end of September. Since we last talked about that, Jay, have you – Change your stance on that, or or you still feel the same way? <laughs> well, before I make my comment, I like to say, fans and uh, listeners, please tune in to what me and Taylor just talked about. Uh, if I'm using proper English, I would say what Taylor and me just talked about. And uh, 
and uh, post your opinion about what do you think about what's going on with the NCAA. And I think this would be a great conversation. And this is something we can answer questions that are out there and, and yep. just see where it's at. And uh, now on to what Taylor just talked about. Have my opinion changed? No, my opinion has not changed. Um, I'm still the same. I still wish it would be like six teams where the first two teams get a bye. But I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure they get it right and no one gets left out. So they want to say the more the merrier and uh, hope it works itself out. So, you know, it's just how much are we going to be asking these kids to play 17 games, 18 games in college? Like that's a lot of football games. And you want to talk about the opportunity for injury. It goes up tremendously when you're playing that many games. And uh, Uh so, you know, we'll see where this goes and, uh, and, and, and the stipulation they put behind it. But I think we're still, like you say, two years away from actually having uh, before we even see, see this in action. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think my bigger, a big gripe I have is like the discrepancy between like a number five team and a number 11 team is like not even interesting. Let's be honest. There is a lot on the line there. I think six or eight is the way to go, but they didn't consult us, Jay, unfortunately. Really weird. But yeah, um, and, and I got beat up last week. I got beat up last week, which is what I expect and which is what, what? I like by a couple of fans. They beat me up because I said Notre Dame was the reason for all of this. And they oh. was just like, what about Oklahoma? What about, you know, some of these other schools that hadn't played anybody and then once they get to the playoffs, they get blowed out. Yes, you are right. Oklahoma is another one. Yes, well, they haven't lived up to it when they've gotten to the playoffs. They they also play a conference to... championship, so they yeah, at least I have that they, in their exactly. corner. Exactly. I said that's my argument. I said they play a conference championship. I was just like, Notre Dame is not part of any conference. I said, right. and then last year they participated in the ACC because of COVID. I said, but they had an opportunity to join a conference, and guess what they did? They denied it again because why? They get the big money from the TV contract of having the NBC contract. So, you know, they don't want to give up the NBC contract to order to have a championship game. So guess what? You got to now play 13 games straight, and you're going to have to put some teams on your schedule that have strong resumes in order for you to have an opportunity to participate and win a championship. So, you know, exactly. it, just, it is what it is. So you can't get mad at me, but I'm happy you got mad at me because I mean, <laughs> you're listening, but I'm not a Notre Dame hater. I'm just trying to speak the facts of why we're where we're at. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, okay, well, real quickly before we wrap this up, I want to give a little bit of a College World Series update. Uh, we ended up having three SEC teams head to Omaha Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State. So great to see the conference represented in Omaha. As of right now, Tennessee and Vanderbilt both have one loss, and Mississippi State is still hanging strong. They have not lost yet. Tennessee lost to Virginia and will be playing Texas today. Vanderbilt lost to NC State and will play Stanford tomorrow. And Mississippi State, like I said, has not lost. They defeated Texas, and they will play Virginia today so that's kind of how that is shaping up a lot of great matchups we wish all three of those teams well down in Omaha and uh excited to see how all of that shapes up have you ever gone to Omaha Jay no I've never gone to Omaha and I tell you what I like watching the games on TV and I'm just like you know what maybe that should be on my bucket list maybe I should next time Auburn goes yes next time Auburn goes to the World Series I'm going I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to make it my effort to go because I want you to hold me to that because I will. it seems like it's such a great, 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 great atmosphere. And Jason. I love being in part of college atmospheres and any atmosphere that's all about like 
you can feel the energy. I like yep. that. Let me tell you. So I got assigned to go work the College World Series four or five years ago. I can't remember. And it was kind of out of left field, pun intended. And I was not a huge baseball fan at that point. I, not saying I wasn't a fan, but football was just what I was consumed with. And I hadn't really poured into baseball that much. And I was like, well, Omaha, like oh, random. Um, it was and still is definitely top three sporting events I've ever been to. And I have covered national championships for multiple sports, including college football, college football playoffs. I have been to really cool events and Omaha is something special. I mean, it is just, there's something different about it. It's so hard to explain, but I tell people all the time, even if you're not a baseball fan, go to the college world series because it is such a, fun experience like 1000% put it on your bucket list like what makes it so great is it the food outside the tailgating is it I the mean, you, you know, know the food people? doesn't hurt yeah. it <laughs> oh, is. Is it the, the people like the like, city does Omaha. yeah the city does such a good job like Omaha like shuts down for the college world series the streets are blocked off they have bands out in the streets like block parties every restaurant and bar is like tuned in to the college world series that it's on everywhere. And I mean, people come from a ton of schools, even if their school doesn't make it, people will come for weeks and just the tailgating is everywhere. They put like cool little fairground type areas throughout the city. Everything is walkable. So you're just outside all the time and it's summer and it's just, and the games mean so much that the intensity is heightened. Sometimes you watch a baseball game, and especially in MLB, there's a hundred and something games. So, you know, you lose a game, it's like, eh, whatever, we got a hundred more. But this, it's like do or die. I mean, like it's now or never. And so the intensity behind the games and how much it means to everybody is just palpable. And you're outside and you're around everybody and the field is gorgeous. And like no one is... I feel like in baseball, there's also just this camaraderie to it. No one is, even if they're playing each other, there's a level of like joy in being there. So people will tailgate together, even if they're playing each other tomorrow. Like it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but it is such a fun event. I highly recommend it. Well, I'm going to put it on my bucket list. I want to okay, go good. to a college world series. I want to go to an NCAA tournament or four mm, me too so yeah you know there's a lot of things i would like to go and do like i would like to go and you know let's not talk about it i Moving know there's, forward. there's plenty forward. here's what we'll do whenever auburn makes it back to the college world series or final four or heck the college football playoff we will go and we will record our podcast live from the event i like that i like it we're going to close this episode on that note. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another edition of Believe in Everything Auburn. This wasn't really Auburn-specific, more grand scheme of football and SEC, but uh, we're well-rounded around here, so that's what we did. We'll be back next week to break down any more action that unfolds between now and then, so make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. Uh, tune in to Jason and I's social media. We might start doing some question boxes, polls, and get you guys involved a bit more, like we've said. And we'll get back to having some guests on here as well. So make sure you keep it locked, and we will be back next week. We're Eagle, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.